friends, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Zeb. Um, I've recently been rejuvenated with the idea of getting back into podcasting um, because I actually got on a Facebook call. Uh, as you guys know, it's no no secret to you guys, I'm part of the Max Living Student Network, and so I get to get on these Facebook calls with these Max Living doctors. And one of them, this most recently, was talking about his radio show and just like how to run a radio show and what it's done for his clinic and it's some really powerful stuff and so um today's topic is not about running a radio show but i do want to run you guys through some of the nuggets that i got from that because i mean i don't know in my mind sharing is caring and it's teamwork that makes the dream work and we're all in this working to become chiropractors we want to become excellent chiropractors so if i've got things that i think are valuable i mean god help me if i don't share them with you guys um so anyway, I, uh, I was listening to him talk and he was talking about how this radio show, he's been doing it for years. And what it really does is it serves to create culture in his clinic. And that's a big thing because when you're doing that table talk and you're talking to a patient, and they ask you specific questions. It's very easy to get tangled up and have a lengthy conversation, but he's able to refer them to, Hey, get on our podcast, listen to episodes, such and such. I talk about that at length. And that's where you're going to find all your help. So listen to this episode, that episode, and this other episode. And if you still have questions, then let's set up a consultation. And so that way he's able to help patients get patient education on their own time uh, while also making sure that he's not stuck in that um, nanny care provider role. You know what I'm saying? Where like people just come to you to get good information, but they never take any action on it. Um, so... That way he kind of makes them own the process of their learning because they go and they listen to what he's already said. And then he doesn't have to repeat himself, helps him use his time more efficiently so that he can help more people at a higher level. Um, but the other thing it does is since he does a radio show and he pays, I think it's like $500 a month to like go down to a radio studio and send out this, this show that he does. And then he gets a copy of the recording and uh, puts it on, um, on his podcast on his website. So, uh, pretty good stuff, but um, I guess what I'm really trying to say is uh, when he gets on the radio, that's how his community gets powered up. And what's crazy is he's got people who have been listening to him religiously for a couple of years now, and they come into the clinic, they're like, hey, Dr. Ryan. It's like they know all about him, you know, like they know the inside jokes. They they already have a relationship with him. So he sits down and does a consultation, and it's, it's a little bit weird because they know a lot more about him than he knows about them. Uh, which is not how it usually is. Like people go into a doctor's office and uh, they don't know anything about their doctor, but their doctor has read their paperwork, hopefully. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool for him because basically those people, they always convert because by the time they come into your office, they know exactly what they're getting. Uh, they know what they came here for. Um, so anyway, that being said, I was uh, simply trying to say that I want to get back on this podcast train because um, it's a little known fact that Josh Axe, and if you don't know who Josh Axe is, you need to like Google right now, draxe.com. He's the number one uh, natural health, alternative health uh, blogger online. He's got products at Sprouts, on Amazon, at Whole Foods. Like the dude's a, a massive, um, I would say he's, he's more of like a new nutritional functional medicine practitioner, but he got his DC at life. And he used to be a max living chiropractor before he like, you know, like he had to break off and do his own thing. He's so big, you know? Um, but uh, anyway, Josh Axe, he, when he was in school here at Life, he um, actually 
started writing a weekly newsletter that he sent out to everybody. And so before he even became a DC proper like license, he was already doing what he is most known for now. And so, you know, practice like you play. Like when I put your guys' names in my phone, I put DC at the end. Not because you are, but because I know ultimately that's who you are. And uh, like I'm just calling forth that greatness that you're already working towards. So um, I try to do that for myself as well. And so with, with this podcast, man, it's been a minute since I've done one. Can you tell? Like it's this is like the cl- clunkiest start I've done in a long time. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let me just quit jabbering and we'll dive into the major premise. Because see, what I want to do is I want to do uh, a season on the major chiropractic principles, 33 principles, because you know, that's what Max Living does in their Thursday pure principle calls. So uh, if it's a good enough topic for like a major chiropractic network, it's probably a good enough topic for me. Um, but today let's jump into what's called the major premise and the major premise you guys may or may not have heard it before, but I'm going to lay it out for you here. It is that there is a universal intelligence in all matter, continuously giving to it all its properties and actions, thus maintaining it in existence and giving this intelligence its expression. And so this, man, this is a dense sentence, like I don't know if you guys ever, well, it reminds me of when I was in Bible college, and, and I don't know if you guys have ever tried reading the Bible, but some of those sentences in English are difficult to understand because they're a bit of a run-on sentence. It's even worse when you try to read it in the Greek because um, like, there are, are some paragraphs that are actually one continuous sentence in the Greek. And w- when you have a lot of different moving parts, you got to like break it down and chunk it and figure out your definition so you can kind of get a grasp of all the smaller parts. It's like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And so with this, it's like, all right, so the major premise is that there is a universal intelligence. So let's stop there and say like, okay, what is intelligence? And if you guys have talked with Dr. Thornhill, uh, basically this intelligence, it's not necessarily that it's a consciousness, um, like you and I are conscious. It's an intelligence in that it is an organized thing that can respond to things. Um, kind of makes me think of a robot. Like, like, let's say I've got a Roomba in my house, right? It helps me keep the dog hair off my floor. And the Roomba has an intelligence about it. It knows that when it bumps into obstacles, it needs to turn, like back up, turn, go somewhere else. And it also knows when it's full of trash. And so it'll stop and beep until that is resolved by me, the robot pilot. <laughs> But what I would say is that when they say there is a universal intelligence, it's the same kind of intelligence. It's an intelligence that, um, I, don't know, I almost like to use the word wisdom more, um, that, that understands how things ought to interact with each other and keeps things organized. So when we're saying intelligence, we're not saying consciousness per se. And I know some people, they, they like to talk about universal intelligence like it's God, but um, that's not for me. This This is clearly... A, and especially if you jump into the other, the later precepts, like, you know, it's limited, there's limitation to the universal forces. Um, there is the principle of time that all processes require time. And, and the God that I'm familiar with, he is not limited by time or space or matter or any of the things that universal intelligence is. So suffice it to say, there is this universal program, intelligence running all matter. And this intelligence, it's in all matter. So there's no matter, no things on the planet that don't fit into this structure somehow. And if you can think of one, 
what you're probably thinking of is something that we don't yet understand how it fits into this organization, right? Like, I don't know, chiropractic can help everybody. But if you've thought of someone that chiropractic can't help, then maybe you just don't understand how chiropractic can help them, right? Like, I don't know, it's hard to abstract that any bigger. It's like, they're, like you don't know everything. You, you know a lot of things, but you don't know everything. And so, oh gosh, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but again, again it's like, it's midterms week, right? Like, your guys' brains are probably as baked as mine, and it's like, oh, how do I get, get creative here? But anyway, there's this universal intelligence, this organizing program in all matter, all things. And what's its job? It is continuously giving to it, the matter, all of the things. What's it give to it? Its properties and its actions. And so why are rocks heavier than feathers? Well, because that's how it's organized. That's its program. The program for rocks is to be heavy and hard. The program for feathers is to be light and soft. The program for water is that it adapts to the shape of its container. The program for ice is that it's cold. Like the, these are the basic programs that all things do. And so um, the properties of the things like hard, heavy, wet, soft, uh, light, shiny, dull, those are all properties given to it by the program. And their actions, like how the wind blows or how the sun rises and sets, um, the phases of the moon, the, the way that the, the winds and the rain beats down the mountains and, and flows minerals into the oceans, those, those actions are all part of the universal program. And thus, the program maintains it all in existence. Because, you know, if suddenly rocks weren't heavy and they were light, then they would all, like, float out of the atmosphere and then, like, chaos. It'd be nuts. You know, like, if one thing breaks the order, then that can have devastating effects for the whole thing. Um, you know, except for when it doesn't. Um, but anyway, it, that's what maintains it in existence. That's what uh, makes existence as we know it possible, feasible, because there is an order. Like you wake up in the morning and you assume that the sun has risen this morning. And if it's still dark out, either we're moving into winter time or there's a cloud or there's, I don't know, some guy standing in front of your window casting a shadow. I don't know. Like, like if something violates what you understand to be normal, it is simply um, a result of something, something else, some other manifestation of this universal intelligence. Um, and so all of these things that are doing their normal thing, like all y'all doing what you normally do, that gives intelligence its expression. So the thing is, uh, it's like your computer, you can almost think of it as like, so say your computer has these programs, right? Like, let's say your phone has the app Angry Birds on it, right? Well, Angry Birds is an intelligence on there. And when you run the program, Angry Birds is manifested on your phone. However, if you don't run the program, then you have to ask is that program being expressed? And the answer is no. So like anything that's not there, like literally prevents the manifestation of that program. Like my robot, when it's sitting there plugged in charging, it is not manifesting the program of clean the house. You know what I'm saying? So um, all I have to say, the major premise just basically says, there's a program that runs everything. The universe does make sense. And the reason it makes sense is because it makes sense. So it's kind of a circular reasoning, but if you argued it and said, well, no, there is no intelligence, everything's here by random chance, then you end up in like a very difficult, sad, scary place indeed. And, and really, I feel like this is part of the reason I chose chiropractic over medicine, because in medicine, that's, 
that's a big part part of their premise. They said like, hey, here's the thing. Bazillions of years ago, everything was nothing, and it was all goop and slime, and and it was survival of the fittest. And those amino acids became multicellular organisms that evolved all the way up into mammals and birds. And um, really, it's not a great design, but it's the best thing we can do. And lucky enough for you, we've got scientists and doctors that are smart enough to keep you running longer. So, um, which of course, I don't know that they're entirely wrong. Uh, but it is an awfully arrogant position to take that the universe is stupider than your doctor. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would hate to face judgment day and stand before my maker and try to make that case. Um, but anyway, what I want to talk about is, uh, as, as a Christian, as someone who follows Yeshua um, or Jesus, um, interesting si side note here, uh, Jesus is not a real word. I know, I just like blew up some of your guys' brains. Um, the word Jesus comes from, um, in the Latin, it was written as Iesus, which is from the Greek Iesus. Uh, in fact, letter J wasn't actually invented until like 1825, I think it was. And so that's where we hear like, you know, some people say uh, Jehovah, other people say Yehovah, because um, there is no letter J in any other language except for in English. I mean, there may be others now, but but when we're talking about like Hebrew and the Greek, it was the letter I. And so it was Jesus. And Jesus is the Greek pronunciation of Yeshua. So you can almost hear it there, like Yeshua, Jesus. And the ending S is a very Greek thing. And so for any of you who are from Puerto Rico, you guys understand, like when I try to say, you know, um, buenos dias, like right now viscerally like you feel that i don't speak spanish that i've actually butchered the language in a way and so the same thing happened when you had these arabic or not arabic um aramaic hebrew people that were living in the middle east which had been previously conquered by the seleucid empire and so everyone like the universal language was greek but they were being occupied by a roman force i mean everyone's having to speak everybody else's language and there are some sounds that just don't come over the same way like in Greek, they don't have a sh sound, like in Yeshua or uh, shine your shoes, you know, they they would have used just a straight S. And so anyway, that's why I don't say Jesus. I say Yeshua, because that's probably what he actually went by. So anyway, that was a tangent. Um, what was I even talking about before that? Jeepers. Um, well, anyway, let's go back to this major premise, right? That's running everything. Uh, everything's organized. I want to address it as someone who follows Yeshua, who is a believer in him and who, who leans on him and is uncomfortable with the idea of being uh, with treating chiropractic as a religion and treating universal intelligence as God and, and innate intelligence as like some God within you and, and all that, um, because there is an answer. There is a way to make it all make sense. And I think we have to go back to Proverbs 8, which I meant to pull up before I got in here. Um, but the book of Proverbs, it's in the Old Testament, um, or as some would say, the Tanakh. Um, there's Proverbs. Uh, Tanakh is just an acronym standing for Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. And so that just stands for the law, the prophets, and the writings. Nevi'im. Yeah, I think I said that in the right order. Um, and so in the writings, which is more poetic works, there's a collection called the book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs, there's multiple chapters, and it's all basically full of these witty aphorisms that basically highlight how 
the world is supposed to work. In fact, the whole book is basically about the way that universal intelligence has organized things. And some of it has to do with like the physical world and with science and, um, you know, uh, plants and, and harvesting and things like that. But the vast majority of it has to do with like people and how they interact with each other. But in chapter eight, the whole argument is framed as a first person narrative from a person, from a woman named Wisdom. And when I read this chapter after learning about chiropractic, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is Lady Universal Intelligence right here. This is Lady Wisdom. And so I'm just going to go ahead and read it to you guys and see what you guys think of it. Um, wisdom is calling. Understanding is raising her voice. On the heights along the road where the paths meet, she is standing. By the gates leading to the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud, People, I'm calling you, raising my voice to all mankind. You who don't direct your lives understand caution. As for you, you fools, guess in common sense. Listen, I will say worthwhile things. When I speak, my words are right. My mouth says what is true because my lips detest evil. All the words from my mouth are righteous. Nothing false or crooked is in them. They are all clear to those who understand and straightforward to those who gain knowledge. Receive my instruction rather than silver, my knowledge rather than the finest gold, for wisdom is better than pearls. Nothing you want can compare with her. You see, I, wisdom, live together with caution. I attain knowledge and discretion. And the fear of Adonai, the fear of God, is hatred of evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil ways and duplicitous um, double-crossing speech. And so she goes on and, and it would sound arrogant if I was the one saying these things, right? But because this is lady wisdom personified, like this is uh, something that we look up to. So it's okay that she speaks this way because she is way bigger than we are. She's way better than we are. And so we should always aspire to be like, like some of these figures that are throughout scripture. Uh, but she goes on to say, good advice is mine and common sense. I am insight. Power is mine. By me, kings reign and princes make just laws. By me, princes govern, nobles too, and all the earth's rulers. I love those who love me, and those who seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me, lasting wealth and righteousness. You see, my fruit is better than gold. Fine gold. My produce is better than the finest silver. I follow the course of righteousness along the paths of justice to endow with wealth those who love me and fill their treasuries. And this is where I want you guys to really lean in and pay attention, because this is where you really get the articulation of, okay, what is universal intelligence in comparison to God? She says, the Lord made me at the beginning of his ways, the first of his ancient works. I was appointed before the world, before the start, before the earth's beginnings. When I was brought forth, there were no ocean depths, no springs brimming with water. I was brought forth before the hills, before the mountains had settled in place. He had not yet made the earth, the fields, or even the earth's first grains of dust. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew the horizon circle on the deep, when he set the skies above in place, when the fountains of the deep poured forth, when he prescribed the boundaries for the sea so that its water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was with him as someone he could trust. And for me, every day was pure delight as I played in his presence all the time, playing everywhere on his earth and delighting to be with humankind. Therefore, children, listen to me. Happy are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and grow wise. Do not refuse it. How happy the person who listens to me, who watches daily at my gates and waits outside my doors. For he who finds me, life, he finds life and obtains the favor of Adonai. 
the Lord. But he who misses me harms himself, and all who hate me love death. And so there in Proverbs chapter 8, um, first you find that it's not that long of a passage, right? Like, you could just sit down and read that if you wanted to. Um, but it highlights how, uh, how wisdom is not God, but it's on staff with God, you know? Like, it's, it's part of the, the, you know, part of the human resources department, you know, or part of the celestial resources department, if you will. Um, and so this wisdom is what runs our world and keeps it balanced and organized. It gives the, the boundary to the oceans, it gives the birds their patterns and the seasons, it gives the, the plants the knowledge to produce the food that has all the nutrients that are necessary for the sustaining of the animals that count on them for food. Like the, and, and that's, man, that is so big. And, you know, no offense to you guys that, that are more, more new agey, more, um, you know, into, into Megatron and, and into, uh, you know, aligning your chakras. So your sacred geometry is more in harmony with the cosmos and, um, you know, meditating on your kundalini and like all those other things right like i i hope you guys know that i'm not one of those guys who's afraid to look into the woo-woo and and see what's there because i know that there are things of value out there that a lot of people will write off and and i'm a really black and white person i mean you can tell by the hat i wear it's black and white that's how the world is through my eyes but what i want to recognize is that not all things that make me uncomfortable are worthless and not everything I like is intrinsically valuable. And so when I talk about new age and I talk about religion, I talk about things like that. Like I, I do speak from an opinionated space and I think I have the education and life experience to do that. Um, I mean, my bachelor's is from Bible college in preaching and Bible. Um, I spent a lot of time studying uh, theology and philosophy and um, also dabbling in those other weird things. I mean, there's a, there's a book that I loaned out to a friend recently, Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza, which is a really great book. Um, and I disagree with him on a couple things, and maybe that's, you know, outside my class, but uh, the vast majority of things, I think that it is an amazingly humble thing to approach a situation, to approach someone in their state of health or someone in their state of mind or someone in their, their state of life and be able to sit down and say, you know, I don't know. I don't know everything. If you were to draw a circle on this wall, I, I wouldn't even be a pinprick in the wall as far as the knowledge that I have. And so maybe, just maybe, there's something I can learn out there. That being said, I don't go where I don't belong. Because, you see, I've got a, a guiding philosophy. Like, I know what's orthodox and what's unorthodox. And, uh, and that's why, like, you know, as a chiropractor, like, I don't take medicine. Like my wife's got this giant ass brown recluse bite on her leg. And what are we doing for it? Not going to the hospital because they cut a six inch hole in her leg and suture it up and dump a bunch of antibiotics in her system. That's a violation of this wisdom, the universal intelligence and the organizing principles. Like if someone has venom, you don't need to give them an antibiotic. Like if you cut a hole in their leg, maybe you need to give them some like topical antibiotics because you let a bunch of dirt into their open wound. Um, but in reality, people have been getting bit by spiders for a long time and most of them survived. And they did that without medicine. Like, like really, if you, if you look at the numbers, plumbers have done more for public health than medicine ever will. And so like, I'm the kind of person that's, that's open to looking at things with an open mind, but having that, that frame of reference that says, okay, I know what is true, what is right, and what is whole. 
And so for you guys, as you're out there exploring, I encourage you to first off, nail down a philosophy. And that's part of why I'm going through these 33 principles, because as chiropractors, it's easy to get stuck in different modalities, to play insurance games, to um, just chase the dollar or chase the patient or chase something other than what you joined chiropractic for, which I'm hoping is that you wanted to see people made well. And so um, that's really the whole point of the, this major premise. I want you guys to realize that as we're in these pathology classes and immunology classes and endocrinology and embryology and all the ologies, I want you to know that the master of ology has always been on duty, this universal intelligence, this wisdom. And so when we do an ology, all we're doing is we're formulating words in our language that we can understand about things that have always been. Like when we sit down and we talk about gram positive and gram negative bacteria, they didn't start being gram positive and gram negative when Graham invented the gram stain. They always had those qualities. And the first scientists, the like first alchemists, like when, when people started really delving into the natural world and trying to understand it at a deeper level, it was simply because they wanted to see how amazing God's creative hand was. And they were just struck with awe at how things work together, how, how all fruits come, come to uh, ripeness in their season, how everything has a timing to itself and how when you change certain things about other things, other things changed. Like how, like, let's say you had a garden in your yard, right? And you just grow straight cucumbers. Well, you do that for very long, you're going to get slugs, you're going to get some kind of parasite. But let's say you break it up and instead of just having cucumbers, you throw in some other plants and then you throw in like a marigold plant. Turns out you're going to have fewer insects, fewer pests because some plants are repulsive to insects and other plants are attracted to them. It's like, it's like coming to the realization that the reason you have roaches is because you leave dirty dishes in your sink every night, right? Like if you know how things work, then you can begin to manipulate the world around you. And, and when I say manipulate, I don't mean jerk it around, right? Like it's not like having a dog that you kick when you've drank too much. It's, it's like having having a creature that you really respect and appreciate and you want to cultivate. And that's really what our, our greatest command was back in Genesis, back when the earth was first began, God creates man and woman and he commands them to cultivate and protect the garden and to be fruitful and multiply. The idea is that the whole planet was left in wilderness and wildness. And there was one space that God set up as a cultivated space. And he basically said, Hey, Adam, it'd be real nice if you did this to the rest of the planet, why don't you just take it and run with it? And that, that was, that's our commission. That's why so many people like they're really happy when they garden, when they're out in nature, when they um, like, I don't know where I'm from. Everybody wants to have a homestead. Like they want to have their own farm and they want to like plan their own acreage and they're going to have an orchard over here and they're going to grow these crops over here. They're going to have this kind of livestock and da, 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 all this. And then they, they know where their food comes from and they know that they're making the world a better place around them. They actually claim a kingdom and cultivate it. And I would argue that that's our job as humans is to cultivate the spaces around us. And so as far as application goes for this major premise, uh, there's, there's a practice in, uh, among the Hebrew people. Uh, and what it is, is basically every time they see something good, they bless God for it. And there's a, there's a prayer. There's a simple prayer that they do when they, um, like when they go to the bathroom or when they've, uh, when they're washing their hands, that kind of thing. And what they do is they say, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, 
who has formed man with wisdom and created within him many openings and many hollow spaces. And it is obvious and known before your seat of honor that if even one of them would be opened, or if even one of them would be closed up, that it would be impossible to survive and to stand before you even for one hour. So blessed are you, Lord our God, who heals all flesh and acts wondrously. And that, 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 and the thing is, that's how they stop and they recognize how beautiful their body is. That it's got all these different openings in it. It's got these different cavities. It's got all these spaces and these spaces that are not spaces that are filled with things. And that if they are thrown out of alignment in any specific way, if they're thrown out of balance, if they are hotter or colder, wetter or drier, if they're more acidic or more alkaline, if they're out of balance in any way beyond what the creator has designed them to be, then they cannot survive for very long. And so I would encourage you guys as you're, as you're in these classes and you're learning about all this information that just seems so worthless, you're in urinary analysis wondering why am I torturing myself with this? Stop and look and, and try to find where the blessing is. Like, what is it that's so amazing about urine? What's amazing about urine is that God has created these two little organs to filter our blood, to take uric acid out of it so that we don't become uh, hyperacidic, so that we don't get gout, so that our blood stays clean. And, and you can say, wow, blessed are you, Lord our God, king of the universe, who created kidneys of all things to keep my blood clean. Like, it, like that simple little process of being grateful and gratitude has lots of value all by itself. That thing by itself could, could really be an empowering idea. Like stopping and realizing like, hey, there it is again. There's that universal intelligence. There's that wisdom that continuously gives to all existence its properties and its actions and maintains it in existence. Wow, how cool is that? So guys, that's, uh, that's about what I have for you. Um, thanks for letting me shake the rust off with this episode. And uh, uh, I'm just going to wrap it up here. I only want to do 30-minute episodes moving forward. That was a big thing that Dr. Ryan was saying is that you only really want a 30-minute episode because if you pay for an hour episode on the radio, you're only actually getting 40 minutes. And for every 10 minutes, you want to have like one talking point. So 30 minutes, three talking points makes it easy to just go straight through. And uh, if you guys have any questions, concerns, ideas, you guys want to get on the podcast, hit me up. Most of you guys that listen uh, are in a group chat with me or have my phone number. Um, I'm eager to hear from you guys. Uh, but yeah, take courage, be encouraged, and recognize that everything we're doing here is because we're going to be the best doctors on the planet. Because DCs are the only doctors that recognize that there is a universal intelligence in all matter, and it maintains that matter in existence, that it organizes it, and it facilitates its full expression. And that anytime you help a living thing walk in step with its design, what walks in step with the timeless laws and principles that have been, have been gov gov given to govern its function, anytime you do that, blessing follows. Whether you bless the Lord or, or you just simply walk in the Lord's pre-existent blessing. And, uh, and that's a big thing to pay attention to. Like in, uh, in the Beatitudes in the New Testament, when Jesus is saying, you know, blessed are you. Uh, blessed are the poor, blessed are the, um, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That word blessed, um, it literally means you are already blessed by being in the state of, fill in the blank. It's a present active, pluperfect indicative or something in Greek, but, but basically it's, it's not the like, you will be blessed, it's the 
because you are experiencing what you're experiencing right now, you're already blessed. And, uh, and that's a message for another time. But um, yeah, I just want you guys to realize how blessed you are, how blessed we all are. And that's something that we bring to the table when we go to adjust our patients and we say, hey, you're in the right place today. And we're going to get this power turned back on. And you're going to walk in the laws and principles God has given to deliver you from the suffering you've been walking in. So uh, anyway, blessings on you guys. I'll talk to you again soon.